0: Welcome back to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today we're going to continue our discussion about a highly technical and effective, but confusing form of media buying, programmatic advertising. Joining us is Ellen Parker, who is a paid digital media manager at French West Vaughan, which is one of the nation's leading independent public relations, public affairs, advertising and digital media agencies. Ellen is also the host of the Programmatic Digest Podcast. And yesterday, Ellen and I talked about what programmatic is and her view of the space. And today we're going to walk through a case study for how she would advise the MarTech podcast on how to set up a programmatic advertising system. Okay, here is the second part of my conversation with Ellen Parker, programmatic sensei and paid digital media manager at French West Vaughn. Ellen, welcome back to the MarTech podcast.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here again.
1: It's great to have you back. I'm excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about what programmatic advertising is. And after a roundabout conversation of me just being confused about the programmatic landscape, (laughs) I came to the conclusion that the only difference between programmatic and manual media buying is essentially the robots are placing the bids for who you're targeting and how much you're paying, right? It is using technology to automate the ad buying process as opposed to just going into the platforms directly and doing it yourself. I need your help. Everybody keeps telling me, hey, programmatic advertising is the most efficient way to buy media, and it's a great way to retarget an audience, to reach new people. It's a way to find really inexpensive media, and that's one of the things that we need to do to promote the MarTech podcast. Our marketing strategy has been to be on other podcasts, to advertise on other podcasts, but we haven't been able to crack the nut on display advertising or performance marketing using Google or Facebook. And, I think the right answer is programmatic and native advertising platforms. How do I think about testing the programmatic advertising channel without losing my shirt?
2: Okay, so I just want to clarify a quick thing there that when you buy programmatically, you still have somebody making that buy. The same way that you mentioned going directly into Facebook, it's just a different platform. Now I'm just going directly in display and video 360 old double click bid manager, a Google product, or I'm going directly into the trade desk or into, we mentioned GDN, Google display network So it's the same concept, it's just a different tool, it's a different platform. Some are robust, some are not as robust, and some are very focused, and some are a little bit more general. So how to utilize the programmatic tool to advertise for your own podcast? Let's use your podcast podcast. Before we can even talk about that strategy, I would ask you questions such as, okay, so what is the ultimate goal here? What is your marketing objectives, which is different than your advertising goal, which will then help us define how long we should test a campaign for, how much we should spend, where we should target, meaning region-wide zip codes or down to the household maybe, or to the actual company who is your direct competitor? Maybe going after their listeners. Another thing that we want to talk about is whatever data you have right now, how best to utilize it. So using a programmatic tool can help you answer all of that and make sure we're targeting all of what I just mentioned. But the first question I have to ask as like one of the programmatic ninjas of the world is what is your ultimate goal here?
1: I can answer some of your questions.
2: Yeah, go ahead. The MarTech
1: Podcast is a media business. We create and distribute content, and we sell access to our audience through advertising and advertorial content, and that's how we monetize the content. But it is a content and a media business so the kpi from a marketing perspective that we optimize for there's two of them we can go cost per incremental download that's most of the time what we're looking at which is how many downloads did a channel that we're advertising because we really only advertise on one channel at a time how many incremental downloads did that channel drive relative to the frequent period so on a week-to-week or a month-to-month basis If we turned off our advertising today and we waited for a month and then we turned on programmatic advertising campaign for a month, what's the net difference between the total number of downloads? The second KPI is what is the cost per podcast listener? which is just how many actual listens did an advertisement drive. So if we're going to have somebody land on our web page, we have the ability to understand whether they stayed on the site for more than two and a half minutes. We make the assumption that after two and a half minutes, they are not reading the content, they are listening to the podcast because there's just not that much content to read on our pages. So they would have to be a listener at that point. So I think the easiest one for us to track and evaluate is if we're landing somebody on the podcast page, Are they either clicking the subscribe button or are they staying on that page for 2.5 minutes?
2: Great. Thank you for clarifying that. So let's use the first KPI that you mentioned, cost per incremental downloads. This is why I get excited about this conversation because the beauty of working with a programmatic tool or in the industry is the fact that you're able to have concrete data back to you that helps you determine the success of the campaign or the success of your business right now. So the way I would do it is maybe ask you to have access to some of that data to analyze that data. Where you mentioned how many of those listeners, where are they coming from? If they are listeners uploading some of that data into a programmatic platform or into a DSP or even into a DMP for instance, somebody like LiveRamp will help us just cookie that data and build something that we can call lookalike. And I'm getting a little bit into details, but we're able to use what you already have and exponentially increase your targeting. And we can do it on different types of channels. So we can do it using different placements. You mentioned a banner. If a video is what is needed at that time, it all depends on the overarching goal. So I know that CP, what would it be? CPID, <sighs> going back to. <laughs>
1: God, cost per incremental download is now CPID. Why don't we use cost per download as the metric? And let me go into a little bit of detail here. The podcast landscape is a little confusing because most of the time when you're driving downloads, they're coming from subscribers that are signing up through a podcast app, which means. You don't actually get any of their data and you don't know whether they subscribed and you don't know who they are. So somebody goes to Apple and clicks the subscribe button to the MarTech podcast. All I see is that they're downloading the actual podcast. I don't actually get access to understand who they are or retarget them. And I don't get any attribution data. I don't know what drove them to become a subscriber. If I'm driving somebody to my website, I then am able to collect more data in terms of what click drove them to the website. What was the last? touch attribution. So time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it let's use not cost per incremental download, but cost per listen. Okay. Instead of CPID, it would be CPL.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Which also means cost per lead. Sure. (laughs) In our world. So podcast, the podcast world is probably a good and bad example. Good because, well, there's just not enough data. So as soon as we find that sweet spot, then we find it, we get it. The bad thing is the fact that we don't have enough data to allow us to target. So you mentioned your business being a content business. You're you're using your podcast to promote on behalf of your clients. You can also layer a programmatic campaign done through a DSP where you're targeting using banners, where you're targeting people that are in a specific industry, depending on your clients. You mentioned your audience earlier, didn't you?
1: Well, they're career marketers. So I generally say that they are a couple of years experience, 23 to 55 is generally the age range that I look at. Not to say if you're younger than 23 or older than 55, we obviously want you to listen to the show. We just don't want to pay for you to listen to the show. (laughs) I'm kidding. Tell your friends. But we generally just try to call career marketers. So from a targeting perspective, we look at title and job function more than anything else.
2: Right, so we can do the same thing using other data partners. So I can go to Axiom or I can go to, like I mentioned, Webula, Bombura earlier, where we can go to them and say, hey, are you able to target this type of audiences and can we target them with this budget? They will be able to send us the audience and then we'll target this audience within the DSP, the Side platform. The beauty of that is that you can test pretty effectively if that job title is actually performing and not. Also, another positive thing is the fact that you're able to track every single attribution within using a DSP. You just mentioned how Apple is not willing to release some of that data, unfortunately. We've had a few fights with Apple because of that. We're waiting for them to release it, or maybe not. So using a DSP will allow you to have that attribution and that analysis and continue to optimize to that result. So again, if the job title doesn't work, then you remove it. If a job title works and we separate it and allocate a little bit more budget, because we know that those people are more likely to convert into listens back to your website. Because again, we don't know if they have the mobile podcast. So that's a good way to mirror your first party data into third party data targeting using a DSP.
1: This all sounds very expensive. I have to go to a data provider, I have to buy a list of marketers, and I have to feed it to the DSP to then run the ads. Talk to me about budget. Like, What's the investment that is required to put a program like this together?
2: You will not get a number for me today. (laughs) Give
1: me a range.
2: (laughs) Because it really depends. I'm going to give you a specific example. In your case, my biggest recommendation will be to work directly with a programmatic ninja or an agency that's able to assume some of that initial cost, as I mentioned yesterday. So you have to see as a brand marketing company, do you want to become that trading agency where you have to buy everything in-house and then grow from there, which is beneficial long-term? Or short-term, go direct with an agency, hire somebody that already knows what they're talking about, consultant, like I said, a programmatic ninja like myself, and have them do that negotiation with the data partner, have them do that negotiation with the vendor, which is the programmatic vendor that we mentioned. The initial cost, again, would be that CPM fee. I know that, for instance, display and video 360 has a small margin, a number percentage, and all of that can be negotiated with that vendor. So you're looking at maybe up to 15% of that total media budget going towards the agency. So
1: let me ask the question a different way. You know, We're using this hypothetical answer. I'm going to go to Webulo or one of the other data providers. I think you said Axiom was one of them. And I want to go buy a list of known marketers, people with marketing titles that are more than entry level. How many data points would you advise me to buy? How big of a list should I buy? And what would you advise me to spend?
2: So I know you're probably just going to hate my answer, but it really depends. So let's pick one of the partners. Some data partners have an additional CPM fee. So if in your auction, you win out of $3 and you were targeting that segment of that data partner, then if Axiom is taxing $2 per that segment, then that will be an additional $2 on top of the $3 that was the winning bid. So you're looking at a $5 CPM at the end of the day. Now that data can be a little bit more cost-efficient. It can be in the few cents, 50 cents, 20 cents, or it can be up to $7 additional to that winning bid. It really depends on how niched your audience is, how large the industry for anything marketing related in your case, you're probably going to look at a fifty to $3 data CPM in addition to your winning bid again. So my minimum and maximum bid for that whole campaign of yours would be at least a $3 minimum up to a $7 maximum because it's behavioral targeting. Now I'm buying that data based on that behavior, based on that job title, based on the industry they're working in.
1: Right. I'm with you. So basically what you're saying is there's a buck 50 to three bucks of the cost of the data. And there is the equivalent of, let's call it two to $5 for the actual media buy, right? Using the data and buying the media. So your total range is three to seven bucks is what you said.
2: And that specific example, if the message is a display banner, Because if the message is a pre-roll video, we're probably adding at least seven plus dollars to everything. So the data may remain the same. It's just your bid is a little bit higher because it's a video. Come on, it's a little bit more expensive. Same thing with some mobile banners or some mobile videos tend to be a little bit on the more cost-effective side. However, you might add a little bit more data fee there because it's so much harder to really segment those data on the mobile side. So it really depends. My professional recommendation here would be never to go above a $3 to $4 data fee. That's actually really expensive, in my opinion. You can work really well with a data partner that's charging you $1.50 or $2.50 for your audience segments. With that being said, though, it really depends on, again, your industry and how niche the audience that you're trying to target is. B2B is a little bit higher. Again, B2C, it tends to be more cost efficient. So it really depends.
1: Talk to me about how to evaluate what the opportunity is in terms of size and conversion rates. And I'll preface this with, you know, I've run Facebook ad campaigns. There is a huge possible reach on Facebook, and I don't have to buy a data provider to go on Facebook, and I've seen that the CPAs are like somewhere between 5 to 7 bucks on Facebook. What's the difference between going and placing the manual bid on a social platform? and being on a programmatic advertising campaign?
2: I do not know if social is the best platform for what we're trying to do for the MarTech Podcast. If we insist on using, let's say Facebook, we can continue testing the platform, but instead of using Facebook data, we have to start using either MarTechPodcast.com or MarTechPod first-party data, and we upload it into Facebook and now we're no longer just targeting everybody. You just mentioned 23 to 55, everybody that we think or Facebook thinks that have marketing interests because with the recent scandals with Facebook, first with Cambridge Analytica, and now there's been hackers that had access to 14 million users information. With all of that happening, Facebook is really, really shutting down a lot of the data partner access that they have. So you have very limited targeting in Facebook if you're not using first party data. And that is my professional opinion. Some programmatic ninjas may think differently. Some social media ninjas may think differently. If you want to have and leverage Facebook platform to the best here in our example, I would strongly recommend that you pull your CRM data and you re-upload it into Facebook and you allow Facebook engine to pull lookalike models to match Facebook data to target that person. And now to answer your question, which one is best? Well, because you're able to target that behavior outside of Facebook everywhere else, I would go with a DSP. I would go with implementing a programmatic campaign, targeting contextually, targeting behaviorally. This is a 21st century. So if you do not have a tracking pixel on your website, you're probably not doing the right thing remarketing of whomever is visiting your website as a whole, whomever is visiting that particular podcast page. Because again, we have to be specific. We have to be relevant in our targeting. That means we have to segment our own first party data. We just can't use remarketing as a whole anymore. We have to do better as marketers. So I would run that campaign that way. So being able to leverage or add all those different tactics within the programmatic campaign is something you may not successfully do within Facebook today. We used to be able to do it a few years back, but not as well today. And again, this is my professional opinion.
1: No, I appreciate that. So what I'm hearing is that the difference between Facebook and the programmatic advertising campaigns does not necessarily reach. It is access to data, where if you believe that Facebook's first-party data is valuable and you have enough information where you can target people on Facebook, it's a great channel with lots of reach. If you don't believe that Facebook data is going to be effective for your brand and you want to tap into other data sources, then programmatic advertising provides you with a similar amount of reach, right? A a large audience and also the ability to target them down to a very granular level.
2: Yeah. And the demand side platform already has data partners synced within that platform. So you almost not even have to call Axiom and say, hey, can you send me this? You'll go like, for instance, the trade desk and display and video 360, DV360 have DMPs within the platform. And that makes it so easy for your programmatic ninja, for yourself that's running the campaign to go ahead and log in and literally choose your type a keyword and ask for marketers with this title. Or if that's not available, then you'll have to play a little bit with your keywords. And then you select that exact segment. And as you select that segment, it shows you that CPM fee. And that's how you can determine your minimum and max bid. You know, It all syncs up and that's what makes it easy. And the beauty of all of that is that you can actually track every single move you're making within that platform, whether using third-party data partners, or if you're uploading your first-party data, which is a CRM list or if you're just using your first-party data on your site. That's the magic of it.
1: I think at the end of the day, my big takeaway here is when you're evaluating whether a programmatic advertising strategy is the right one for you, a couple different things that come into play. First off, what access to data do you have? Do you have to go buy the data? If you're going to go buy the data from a data provider, you're looking, in our case, we said somewhere between $1.50 to $3. Let's assume it could be $1.50 to $10, depending on what your targeting is going to be, right? That's an upfront cost. And then you're looking at almost an equivalent cost for actually running the ads and buying the media. So when you're trying to evaluate what the value of the campaign is, what the cost of the campaign is, it really comes down to what data do you have and who you're targeting. Obviously, there's a huge variety of different types of targeting that you can buy. So that is a major contributing factor into the cost is access to data. In terms of running the programmatic campaigns, it does not sound much different than running a campaign on Facebook. You're just relying on the demand side platform, a DSP, to be able to place and essentially optimize the ad for you. So this really comes down to access to data and in some level, your ability to control the tools that are there in front of you. Ellen, any last words before I let you go? Any other last bits of advice if we were going to run a programmatic advertising campaign?
2: Sure. I would just really advise whoever is considering to implement programmatic advertising into their marketing strategy to really evaluate the why, the how much time and dollar investment, and also really making sure you select your partners very carefully. I think a lot of the smaller DSPs that claim to be DSPs, you know, they're just reselling that service and running them through another partner. So just be careful when, do your research on the partners just because it's a little bit more affordable does not mean that it's better. The same thing that just because it's a little bit more expensive, it does not mean that it's the right fit for yourself. So make sure you ask specific questions like, Do you have access to data providers? How transparent will that report be? Because ultimately that's the only way we can prove to a client that things are working. You know, you're tracking your cost per download and we're at this price and we want to be at this cost. So, make sure they're transparent. Make sure they're extremely open to educating your team, to educating you, to training you. And also, again, make sure you do your research. Don't be afraid to even call in a consultant. Don't be afraid to reach out to agency versus going direct, especially if you're a little bit on a smaller budget, month to month, that is. Make sure you do your research. I mean, there's a lot of great agencies out there. I know that Breakthrough Digital is really great and they accept all type of budget per month. I know that Digital X on Demand is another great agency that you guys can consider, and they're really great at what they do. Or reach out to me, and I'll help you just determine it or reach out to Ben. But just make sure you do your research. Just don't trust the first person that comes along. Don't be afraid of asking a question like, can I see that data real time? They should allow you to see the data real time. They should. That's so important. Make sure they're transparent. That goes not only with the data coming in, but with the cost, but also with the margin, how much is the agency or whomever is doing the work keeping in-house, how much is actually being spent. So it's not impossible. It's only confusing because programmatic is a fancy word. It's just an automation tool and it's here to really arm us to do what we do in a really magical way.
1: All right. Well, I appreciate the advice. I appreciate you walking us through the case study for the MarTech podcast. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks to Ellen Parker, Programmatic Sensei and Digital Media Manager at French West Vaughn for joining us. If you'd like to hear more from Ellen, you can contact her on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at I am Ellen Parker, I am H-E-L-E-N-E-P-A-R-K-E-R, or you could visit her website, ellenparker.com, H-E-L-E-N-E-P-A-R-K-E-R.com. A couple of links in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you're listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the Martech podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So we created benjshap.com/question where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap b e n j s h a p on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Or if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter. To subscribe, go to benjshapcom slash newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.